He's got a touchdown. Watch out. The earth is shaking. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He won't give it up. Oh, my. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Touchdown. That's one of the most impressive athletic feats I have ever seen. Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. You're almost through with the work week, and we are going to get into everything that is to look forward to when it comes to week three football here in the National Football League. And the best way to do that is to sit tight with your boys, Justin and Caleb. We're about to get down to the brass tacks. How you doing, maybe? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome to getting down to brass tacks. We wanted to kind of change things up a little bit this week. We were thinking about how last week we went over every every game you know, in our previews. But then we started looking at some of the matchups this week, and I'm like... Washington and the Bills. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, not really sure about that. I'm not really feeling too good about that. So we're going to skip some of these games. We're going to dive deep into a few of the games we're most excited about. Just getting down to, like we say, brass tacks and just talking about the, the biggest things this week. Yeah, I mean, look, some of these games just ain't that interesting. Some of these games, you're not going to be rushing to sit down and watch yourself. Be honest with yourself. We're going to go over Thursday Night Football, talk a little bit of news, some of the bigger news pieces this week, and then we're going to go over some of these games. First up, Thursday Night Football. Thursday Night Football on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. And on the jet sweep, it's Tremble rumbling. <laughs> Four, three, two, one, left pylon, touchdown. Panthers easily handled the Texans 24-9. They improved to three and zero. Texans fall to one and two. With a win, also come some painful losses. Which one is Christian McCaffrey? Went down with a hamstring injury. No word on when he'll be back. Not good. So, like that's the worst thing you want to hear if you're a Panthers fan. And now it's obviously you know up to Sam Darnold to now prove himself even more than he has going three and zero. Because I mean, I definitely think looking at some of these games that relying on Christian McCaffrey really helped them win some of these games. How could it not? It is McCaffrey. One of their left tackles mentioned that he thought that they're going to be just fine without Christian McCaffrey because he, quote, said, we're not the Carolina Christian McCaffreys. Um, so, remains sure, to be you, seen. Sure, you sure about that, bro? You're not my dad! <laughs> and they also had a another entry to their first-round pick, J.C. Horn, who broke his right foot. So, it's not a good injury. That's definitely going to take some some weeks there to, to recover. And again, like you need your feet as a corner to keep up with all of these dynamic explosive receivers in you know in the league. That's that's very important. And also just in general, if you really look around the league, most teams don't have a lot of corner, a good quality cornerback depth. Like mm-hmm. it's just so I many you yeah. need to lose something like that. We'll see how they recover. And I mean, be honest, like you need your feet in pretty much any position in football. So Texans, you know, not much to say on, on their side of the ball. It's just poor offense, poor defense. I think this proves something that, you know, Caleb, you and I talked about during the game. All this really proves to me is that when it comes to talking about Deshaun Watson and what he does on the field, understand that this is basically the same O-line he had. So in reality, yes, the Texans are really that bad. And we're seeing that now. But also, that proves, think about how good Deshaun Watson is that he was managing to get them the wins that they had. You know, like this, yeah. you really look at it now, it's like, man, my man was going out there and single-handedly winning multiple games a season for these dudes. The offense that was out there last night isn't going to win seven games. With Deshaun Watson in there, yeah, they definitely could win seven games, seven, eight games. So, I just don't see it going well. 
for the Texans, especially now that Tyrod's hurt. Deshaun's not going to play. It's Davis Mills show, which was just not inspiring at all. Not, it's not much of a show. Let's let's be honest. And look, they have they have a million running backs, but can't none of them really pick up no yards. So tough times for the Texans. I feel like the Texans and the Jags are going to be in the race for the number one pick. A little bit of news. We'll go to the news board real quick. Steelers have an issue with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, He has a pectoral injury. He's getting up there in age. Should the Steelers be worried about this? I think some people are saying they should be. You have to be. I mean, at this point in the game, I mean, Roethlisberger has so many miles on his body, and he's taking so many. He's taking a good amount of hits too, too. You know. So yeah, I mean, you got to worry about that. Also, you get to worry about that because you don't have that much confidence in who's behind him. You know, your your other options, so to speak. So. Yeah, he took ten. He took ten hits during that Raiders game. Um, so definitely happened somewhere in between there. He, he said he didn't know when it happened. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's really very touchy because I mean, look, Roethlisberger is questionable. Deontay at the receiver position, he's also pretty questionable. You could see them not be there, but also again, you never know with these athletes, you know, athletes, and especially somebody like Big Ben. You know, I could see him not really doing anything, and then just going in to play that game but also does that mean he's playing injured so he's not going to be as good at this point he's proven himself but also he's getting up there in age he's not tom brady he's not in perfect health i mean peyton wasn't hurt when he won a super bowl but he also didn't need to throw the ball as much as the pittsburgh steelers right yeah he had a he had a very good defense so very, very true broncos pro bowler bradley chubb slated to have another ankle surgery um just four months after he had the same surgery or a similar one on his right ankle. Now he's going to have a surgery to remove some bone spurs from his left ankle. God! And I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think we said this earlier in this game, I think you need your feet and ankles to play football in this league. It is valuable. If you're the Broncos, you're going to hope that this second one really does what it needs to do and clears it up. Hope, I guess, hopefully it won't be gone too long. I don't think it's said anything yet as to if they're placing them on IR. They would definitely want it back. You know, especially... It does look like it's likely, though, what they're saying. It is likely. Yeah, oh, likely, yeah. So, I mean, that would be a situation. I don't know. Maybe he'll be able to come back, you know, assuming that they keep the good form. You know, he comes back around a good time for them to make a playoff push or something because you definitely want somebody like Chubb. I mean, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, when they're both healthy, that's, I mean, that's a terrifying duo. The two of them have only played 21 games together out of a possible 50 since John Elway drafted them both. Dang. So... Yeah, but those 21 games, I'm sure they, you know, they definitely were were dangerous. He also tore his ACL in 2019 and then obviously missed the two final games last year with that ankle injury. So at this point, I think the guy's injury prone. So we'll see if he can continue to make his way back. Well, I think that's it for the news. Moving into this week's games. I'm interested to see, Caleb, what you think about this Colts-Titans game after a thrilling overtime win for the Titans against Seattle. Indianapolis at Tennessee, 1 p.m. on CBS. Well, look, this game just has to be one point blank period. I don't really care what quarterback happens to be there. So it can be ankle sprained Wentz, you know, Eason, whoever. I don't really care because here's the thing. Winning this game, not only does it put us, you know, two and one, which is needed, but also winning this game early like it is now with the division like, it is with all of them taking losses. This just gets the Titans in early into the driver's seat to just hold on to the division. 
And that yeah. is exactly what we need to do. So like that, that's really what it's about. It's about going in there and just handling our business. This is not the time to like do oddly old Titan things and sometimes come out slow and start playing to the level of our opponents. We just need to go in there and put them down swiftly and you know soundly and hopefully with like minimal injuries that's really how i feel about this game because especially if wince ain't there this should just not be a pretty game to watch if you don't get a few at least a few sacks on whoever's not carson wentz it'll be kind of shameful at that point because because i mean you got an inexperienced quarterback there oh you're right yeah absolutely and here's the thing shane bowen you already know you already know that we're talking about you all the time we are looking at these games we came back and won the game not because not necessarily because of the defense okay like yeah you guys got to get it together caleb farley are you okay from your backyotomy now like we need you back you got drafted in the first round buddy we're gonna need you on the field derrick henry can't play defense so he cannot he can contrary to belief derrick henry cannot do everything now as much as i would love it i would look I would love to just give me a 53-man roster just of Derrick Henry's. We'll still they, they would still come out. They would still probably come out second in this division because the Jags and the Texans are that bad. And Urban's looking still looking upset because he's about to go 0-3. I got to go. We got to go get ready. He's about to play the Cardinals. That game is so nasty, and that's why we're not really talking about it. But I, you know what? I will use this time to talk about the fact that if I can, I will watch that game just to see if I can gauge how bad urban Meyer's heart looks now because he, he might he might need to spend some more time with his family after they run it up in this game like the, <laughs> like he's like waiting for that bye week that they get like three of in college it's i mean again there's, there's no there's no recruit there's no recruiting trail to fix this you don't you, hey urban you're not gonna get anybody in the spring transfer there's no grad transfers to get or anything nope. like that buddy and I mean, while we're talking about it, just briefly, I mean, I think it's a really, really good chance that, you know, Kyler Murray is kind of front running this MVP race between him and Tom Brady. He looks dangerous. He looks unstoppable in at certain situations. If you got, you know, a top two, it's Tom Brady and it's Kyler Murray. You are going to hear no sort of like dissent from me on that take. Like the, if anybody's watching and has been watching these first two weeks, I don't see how you could say if that it's not them two at the top. I'm hoping the Titans pull it out too, because anything that can happen to prove ESPN and Sports Illustrated wrong with their horrible predictions of the Colts going 13 and four will help me out. I mean, now of course that still can possibly happen somehow. They lose nah. four straight and then they decide to win 13 straight. But I mean, it's just you know, nah. Carson Wentz on the sideline ain't gonna happen. They deserve to look dumb for that take. I'm still, I yeah. still feel some type of way about that. Yeah, I think I might lock up this game. I think I'm gonna take the Titans again. And lock it up. Uh, yeah, that's solid. Tighten up. Tighten up, man. I, I appreciate it. We'll take it. Next game we've got is the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. LA Chargers, Kansas City, 1 p.m. on CBS. Kind of a little spicy matchup here. I mean, you know, we got Mahomes. Most would feel like he's going to be coming into this with something to prove. He's going to be coming in there with a little, maybe a little extra fire after losing that really close game between them and the ravens but then on the other side we got justin herbert the year two he just you know had the situation last week how's he gonna come back into this game dealing with one of the best teams in the league so uh yeah they, there's a lot of interest in the potential here neither one of these teams are trying to catch another l yeah i think, I, I think we're gonna be looking at a very com- competitive game maybe at least initially 
with some fireworks. Look, I mean, I'm sure everyone has been surprised to see Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs going one and one to start the season. And they're not necessarily in danger at this point, but just kind of a get right game, fix it up. And somehow looking at these two quarterbacks, somehow Justin Herbert has thrown the ball more times, but thrown just under the same amount of yards as Patrick Mahomes, but there's a big difference there. Justin Herbert has thrown two touchdowns and three interceptions, while Patrick Mahomes has thrown six touchdowns to one interception. Yep, and that that is a seemingly small but actually very big difference. We're going to see Herbert, we know, will get to deal with a Chiefs defense that they are going to give him some pressure, but he'll have his opportunity to make some throws, you know, take your shots down the field. I'll be interested to see really what Austin Eckler is able to do and what he's going to be able to get away with in this game because he's been very good these first two weeks. He definitely has. So it'll be interesting to see because, you know, again, as you said, this defense is not great. So it'll be interesting to see if Austin Eckler gets some get some big plays out of there. Also, Joey Bosa's is hurt uh, right now. He's questionable for Sunday. So that definitely doesn't help the Chargers defense. But I've got the Chiefs winning it. I can't really disagree with that. I ought to would have to roll with the Chiefs on this one. Chicago at Cleveland, 1 p.m. on Fox. Justin Fields' first start in the NFL against Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I mean, yo, so many Chicago fans have been wanting this ever since preseason, since he got drafted, and now that time has come. And it's going to be interesting to see how it goes down. You know, we saw a little bit last week, obviously, but he got kind of got thrown into that game. You know, he had a couple of decent looks, but and then obviously that interception that you know he's already been in the film room and looked at probably a thousand times and he wants to get back i'm interested to see now what he does because now there's a full week where you know it's been him focused you know yeah him more purely focused i'm so i'm interested to see how that works when it goes down that way i'm interested to see if matt nagy does what i think is the smart thing and draw up some like run specific plays to let fields you know move out of that pocket and use his speed, use his athleticism to also make some plays. I think it's interesting. I, I don't see Matt Nagy being this way, but I would like there's a big clip that happened this past week over the Ravens going forward on fourth down. John Harbaugh yelled to Lamar, like, you want to go for it? You want to go for it? Okay, let's do it. I don't see that happening with Matt Nagy and Justin Fields, but I feel like even with him being a rookie, I feel like you could put that in his hands and let him make some of those decisions. Because he's already proven he's a smart, smarter football mind than most other quarterbacks. I'd be interested to see if you know they they let him breathe a little bit in the quarterback position. In terms of running backs, Nick Chubb's probably gonna. I think he's gonna run all over the Bears defense. I, I think he's gonna have a good day. But I'm also interested to see if the the defense decides to to hold up. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I, I would say that I do agree that probably the safest route to W for Cleveland is if they can get that running game established with, you know, Chubb and Hunt back there. But Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, Roquan Smith has been on it this the beginning of the season. I mean, we saw the pick six last week. So he's going to be looking to gun for, for those guys. And he's going to be looking to come for, they're going to be definitely looking to come for Fields too if he decides to take off running. And they're going to have to deal with Odell Beckham Jr. now too, that Bears defense. That is a good thing that they that they get Odell back for the Browns because they also just lost like Jarvis Landry. So it's like, you know, one comes in, the other one checks out. I, I'm kind of split on this game. ESPN's got it. Cleveland easily handling it. The line is 
I think, on Cleveland's side. Seven and a half for Cleveland. I'm kind of split on it. I think the Bears could actually pull it out, just, you know, depending on how Fields plays. I mean, that would be a very interesting story. And it's not impossible, but I, too, am going to have to roll with the Browns on this one. I think with overall, they just have, you know, more talent overall on both sides of the ball. And so I got to, I can't really go against that in this situation right now, especially not with a rookie QB who's making its first start. New Orleans at New England, 1 p.m. on Fox. I'm interested in this game. I'm intrigued in this game because I want to see which Jameis Winston we get. Yeah. Because we obviously got old Jameis Winston last week. We got new and improved (laughs) Jameis Winston first week. So I'm wondering if we're going to get this, you know, back and forth. That's that is exactly the question when we're talking about Winston is is are we fully going to enter like flip flop mode and you know we're just gonna like boom or bust our way you know through the season with Winston how is that gonna play out but I mean also I guess on the other side also we're curious to see Mac Jones gets his first win last week how is he gonna do that coming into another game. Can he keep that momentum going? ESPN's all about this being the first Breeze Brady list matchup since 2005. But I also wow. don't see I don't see this being a regular thing. And like it's like the regular thing is like Breeze Brady or Manning and Brady, you know, those those kinds of situations. I don't see this being a decade long matchup we're gonna see. That kind of has kind of came and went, you know, with Breeze retiring and Brady moving on to moving on to a different team i mean to be real with y'all we're just talking about this right now because we're purely just intrigued by the rookie qb and the thing and the the weird fascination and success tragedy story that is Jameis winston from week to week that's like that's yeah. why we're talking about this now it's not because of that storied rivalry because that's not really you're right that's not really there anymore without those two people yeah and i'm also really interested like to see like and it may not happen this season i don't i don't know if it will but i'm waiting to see like what's going to be that game or what's going to be that matchup or situation that mac jones is going to be the guy this still feels like question marks in a lot of different places this still feels like okay we won a game okay we lost a game it's kind of ho-hum almost like just like serviceable QB kind of situation. It's not blowing anybody out of the water currently. It's not being dominant. And obviously he's not Tom Brady and he's still getting used to the offense, you know, being his first year in the league. But I'm interested to see if we're going to see a game this year with Mac Jones under center that he's going to prove that he's worth being a starter for the New England Patriots. I mean, time will tell. Like, um, Like I said, games like this, it gives him an opportunity to, you know, maybe show what he really can be going forward. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think everybody, even treatments of Patriots fans, they want to see more of a game from him where, you know, I guess you at least see him air it out a little bit more. People want to see the arm candy, baby. Like that's what they want. They don't see. look dangerous. They don't look dangerous. They don't look like they can win playoff games. They don't look like they can go deep into the playoffs at, at this point. You know, they don't. But look, it's 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 week two, and I'm sure you know Belichick in his Belichickian ways would be like, look, it's week two. We're gonna keep progressing, and you know, it's all about making sure that you're progressing and that you're peaking at the right time. Tampa Bay at LA Rams, 425 on Fox. One of the bigger marquee matchups, if not the marquee matchup of the week. First time Tom Brady is playing at SoFi Stadium. These are both two powerhouse teams. It's the first in the late window on Sunday. Both 2-0, and it's a new look 
Los Angeles Rams, kind of, with Matthew Stafford. I feel like this definitely could be a high-scoring game. Big yeah. ratings. Yeah. Don't nobody try to call me when this game is going down. I'm not going to be yeah. available. This game is going to be very exciting, I feel like. I always love when the Eagles are on Monday Night Football because then I can just relax and watch all seven hours of commercial-free football in Red Zone. Shout out to Scott Hansen over there. But yeah, Eagles are on Monday Night Football, which we'll talk about in a minute. But then I can just watch all of these games and keep one on and then switch between that and red zone there's always something to be said about being able to watch games without any of the stress that comes from being a fan of the team the spread is one and a half for tampa bay um so even even vegas has this as a close game i don't know man both of these offenses have been performing very well you have very good receivers on both sides i mean Cooper Cup has been one of the best wideouts, you know, my, for my money of the best of the first two weeks. You know, Woods is there as well. You know, you've got all of the weapons on the Buck side with Evans. You got Godwin. You got AB. You got Gronk. You know, all these people are coming at you. And then on top of that, both of their defenses are not slouches at all. I mean, you got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Sue, and Vea, and Barrett on the other side. Like, it's star-studded, really. Antonio Brown's out for this week. He is injured. And Jason Pierre-Paul is questionable at linebacker. These two offenses, points per game, 39.5 for Tampa Bay, 30.5 for LA. But then points allowed per game is 27 for the Bucks and 19 for the Rams. So there's a chance that this is a low-scoring game, too. So, I mean, it's either going to be a ton, ton of points and the defenses don't matter at all. And like you're going to be looking for those one or two sacks one or two strips strip fumbles you know things like that that is going to decide the game or it's going to be a defensive struggle and whoever gets the ball last is going to win i'm really interested to see how this game goes one could imagine maybe in your mind that if you're matthew stafford you're very much looking forward to this game because you know what you face brady plenty of times and you've always had these more garbage teams and you look i, I think matthew stafford probably sat there at his house and been like buzzed off some Michelob Ultras in the offseason been, and been like, if our team didn't suck, I could beat Brady. I'm just as good. You know, hey, bro, you got a better team now. So uh, for me, look, even if I see a medical storyline I have in my head for Stafford, that's intrigue to me because that Stafford has been looking pretty good these first two weeks. So we're going to see how is that going to play out because he's going to have to make a few throws. He's going to have to make some throws in this game if the Rams are going to win. I think the Rams are going to win it. I'm going to pick them. Oh, man, uh... Man, you know what? I I'm gonna go with TB12. I'm gonna go with TB12 and the Bucks. I I like the Rams. I'm gonna go with TB12 and the Bucks. Look, look. Yesterday was Brady's anniversary of him coming into the league. Yesterday is when Drew Bledsoe went down. Brady entered the league and entered really the beginning of I guess creating his goat like legacy. Yep. You know that we're all watching today. I think he's going to carry that vibe into this game, and I think they're going to do what they need to do to get a win. Probably by less than a touchdown, for sure. Like I think it yeah. could be like a field goal. Is that your lock of the week? Actually, my my lock my lock of the week. I'm just because I'm just going to be petty about it right now, even though we're not covering it. My my lock of the week is really just that uh, the Jags game. I, I could easily say my lock of the week is going to be whoever's playing the Jags. <laughs> You guys heard it here. Caleb's lock of the week every week is going to be who's playing the Jags. It it, it won't be. It won't be. But it is, it is this week. That's what I'm going with this week. 
Green Bay at San Francisco, 8:20 on NBC. I'll admit, originally I wasn't too jazzed about this matchup. You know, early on looking at things, you know, even last couple of weeks. But the Niners are two and zero. They beat the Eagles last week, and the Packers opened up with a horrible loss and then promptly fixed it last week. It's definitely going to be an interesting game. I think there's some matchups there that are going to be fun to watch in the Sunday Night Football. It will be interesting to see because there's still so many kind of questions here for, the, for these teams. One, you're the 49ers. For the, one of my questions is, who is exactly running the ball? Because your running backs can't stay healthy. The whole question of who's really running the ball there for the 49ers, when it comes to the Green Bay side, I mean, the offense looked basically like themselves last week. So that that's good. But that defense, if you look at that defense, especially in the first half of the game against the Lions, they're not good. Get out of my life. And 49ers are going to offer them a, a, a stiffer test. So that's what the situation is. That, that is really what the situation is. And the 49ers defense has plenty of firepower to come after Rodgers. You got to understand that Rodgers still doesn't have his most trusted bodyguard that's left tackle, you know, Bakari. He's still on IR, mm-hmm. you know, and he, and when, and that's a dude that when he's healthy, arguably he's one of the top one or two left tackles in the league. You know, that's a guy that if you're Rodgers, you really wish you had in this game. I think that if you're Matt LaFleur and company, that maybe you should try to see if you can lean on Jones like you just did last game. Cause that turned out pretty good for you. Yeah, I think San Francisco has a legit chance to win this game. But I think Aaron Rodgers is going to come out. I think it's going to be, I think this is really good football, especially for week three. I'm definitely interested to see what happens with these two offenses and and if San Francisco's defense can continue to be as good as they've been these last couple of weeks. Yeah. We're moving into our last game to talk about this week because it wouldn't be getting down brass tacks without... Monday Night Football, Philadelphia at Dallas, 8.15 p.m. on ESPN. As we all know here on Getting Down to Brass Tacks, I hate Dallas. Fuck Dallas. Tell us how you really feel, bro. (laughs) Instant replay. Fuck Dallas. Fuck Dallas. Fuck Dallas. I look forward to these matchups every every season, and it's definitely, to me, I think it's the start of a of a long history between Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. I'm definitely interested to see this first matchup between the, these two. Monday Night Football can't start at a better time. It's definitely interesting situations that we're both in because we're good, not great, kind of on both sides. I mean, I think there's more more gruesome problems over on. The Dallas Cowboys side than for the Eagles, but I'm also biased. So yeah, I'm very interested. Nick Sirianni all week has you know been touting beat Dallas, beat Dallas, and he got like the whole team and coaching staff beat Dallas shirts. I'm definitely excited to see what happens. I am worried a little bit about the defense because Brandon Graham is on IR. Uh, Brandon Brooks is back on IR. I hate the fact that we gave him so much money and he's just continued to be hurt every single he year. He down. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on this game? I mean, look, this is a very storied, very tense divisional rivalry. Very excellent booking from the NFL folk to put it on Monday night football. It all all makes a lot of sense. Two QBs that a lot of people seem to like. 
I'm really going to be interested to see how Jalen comes into this game, you know, coming off of the loss. I'm really more going to be curious, I think, to see how and what are the Eagles defense going to do to contain the Dallas Cowboys offense. That's really where my question lies because Zeke is still there and, you know, he hasn't been spectacular. He's been solid, but Tony Pollard has been doing very well. So you got those two back there. Who, my friend, might I ask you, is covering CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper? You know, those are the things that, I'll be honest, for me, have me definitely leaning towards Jerry World and the Dallas Cowboys in this game because when I ask those questions, I personally feel like I don't have sufficient answers, my guy. I definitely think this is going to be a expose, if you will, on our cornerbacks because I can definitely see some big plays being given up, some, you know, even just Dallas easily pushing the ball down the field because Darius Slay has been like quietly good over the last two weeks, but they also haven't faced a high power offense. That I've seen. I think they've been a bad offense and a mediocre offense the last two weeks. So this is actually a high-powered offense, and I think it'll be a good offensive test for people like Darius Slay. Maddox is going to be there. the The cornerback depth is is thin, so I'm definitely interested to see what happens on that side of the ball. I want to see what they're going to do, what Gannon's going to do in terms of you know switching people out for Brandon Graham, because I think that's going to be another big piece that is part of our rush defense. Being able to block the run really well, you know, is a big, you know, testament to Brandon Graham. So, and Brandon Brooks too. So I don't know what to expect because the last time we've had significant injuries on our defensive line, things have looked bad. And yep. I mean, the same thing can but, be said about the offensive line. Right. Here's what I will also say, consequently though, for the Eagles fans, the Eagles fans don't fear. You, there is still plenty of hope to be had here in this game because. On the other end, let's be real. The Cowboys are not some sort of defensive juggernaut them, themselves. Yeah. Uh, themselves, you know, we see them get into many of these shootout type games. So what we also see here is that this could be an opportunity that a lot of Eagles fans have been waiting for, and that's you could really see this be a game where Jalen Hurts could go off, yeah, and, and really take control of the game. And it could be, you know, Hurts and that going tit for tat in that situation, in that scenario. But, hey, I mean, it'll be entertaining. But, again, when we think about Jalen Hurts and we've seen him do in college and what we think he's capable of, all of those things could potentially go down in a matchup like this against the Cowboys defense that is not, like I said, they're not that good either. Look, Dallas's cornerbacks aren't great either. So I could see a big day for Devontae Smith. You know, could see... A big day for the two tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Jalen Hurts does and how this team responds after a loss, and especially during Dallas week. Got the birds. Go birds. The consensus pick is Dallas by three and a half, but the over-under is 51 and a half. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really disagree with that. I, like I said before, I'm also going to take take Dallas on this situation. Again, I'm not, not going to be surprised. It's not an upset alert if – if Philly wins this game, but again, I with the talent available to Dallas, I have to roll with them. And these are going to be, I think, the games that really define this this division. Obviously, it's it's a duh thing to know that they're going to these games are going to decide the division. But I think this is going to start to shape what this division is going to really look like in these situations. So, 
Well, that's all we've got today. Uh, we'll see you guys back here on Tuesday for a recap of everything that happened in week three. That's going to be our new schedule is we're going to be pushing things out on Tuesday after we get a chance to watch everything. And then we're going to recap Thursday Night Football on Fridays and preview everything on Fridays for you. One other quick note before we wrap up, we did get approved for listener support over on uh, anchor.fm, which, yeah, which is where we push our podcast. So if you are a listener and you like our podcast, feel free to support there. Um, we'd love to have your support. But until next time, this has been Getting Down to Brass Tacks. Follow us on Twitter at Brass Tacks NFL, and we'll see you Tuesday. Tighten up. Go Birds. <laughs>